Somebody's car is. <laughs> Joseph's face is priceless. <laughs> Watch it be my car. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really funny. <laughs> Huzzah! Previously on Huzzah. Our heroes have arrived in Tristo, only to find the town in chaos. Bandits are attacking. And the Archdruid is unaccounted for after his pilgrimage to the Dream Forest. At the request of the local marshal, our heroes journey to investigate a missing scouting party. Huzzah! A podcast about D&D Beyond the Rules. Pretty much everything you need to play besides the rules and the dice. We have something for everyone. We're hoping to teach new players how to play and to entertain veteran players. And we're featuring some of the best and brightest DMs from the Atlanta area. Do want to make sure to say thank you to Bookshop Media, a nerd and pop culture production company. Uh, they have been very generous in helping us get this off the ground and providing support. You can find everything you need to know about Bookshop Media on patreon.com slash bookshopmedia, uh, Facebook and Twitter at Bookshop Media. Also, on the Patreon side, you will be able to find bonus episodes of many podcasts, including this one. All right, guys, I am super excited about our guest today because he is the, uh, he's actually the one responsible for me being involved in D&D as much as I am. He started the whole thing. <laughs> so uh, he is, uh, he DMs me in a couple of games and he actually gets to play in one of mine. So uh, I'm very excited to bring on Chad Rossi uh, from D&D Atlanta. Yay. So Chad, welcome. Thanks for having me on Huzzah. <laughs> yes. So, Chad, uh, first, a little background. Uh, when did you get started playing D&D, and uh, how did you become, how did D&D Atlanta become about? First picked up playing the game uh, at DragonCon 2016. Yeah, nope. Yeah, it's two 16, years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. 2016, um, we signed up for a new beginner's game, and it was a unique experience. Our DM had no clue he was going to be DMing the game uh, <laughs> until he got a text message, hey, come DM a new group. Oh, yeah. He showed up, never read the module. We had a great time. Uh, most of us had a great time. Let me rephrase that. We had one character <laughs> that stayed dead pretty much the entire evening. It was yeah, terrible. He four, thought he hated D&D. <laughs> He did indeed. He eventually got uh, a second chance at it and loved it. Yes, he did. Uh, but since then, I knew the, the thing I liked most about D&D was being on the DM side. I got to experience being a player that first time, and I was like, this is fun, but I'm too uh, not able to keep my mental mind straight to play one character entirely. But the DMing, I get to be everybody, and that's started a trend of wanting to play D&D, so we met up shortly after that, and uh, started playing with a group of five of us, six if you include me as the DM. Picked up an additional person, and we made our Facebook group so we can communicate like everybody else does for D&D. &D. Uh, 
and that group has grown from just this six friends to there's now well over 50 individuals in there and 17 D&D groups running out of this thing. So, Dude. And it's all over the metro area at this point, I believe. We have D&D groups as far north as Canton and Dahlonega and as far south as Peachtree City. Okay, so we do cover the whole city. (laughs) And I like feeling all original. You know, I'm I'm OG. You're a founder. Because I got to be, well, not a founder, because like you and Chad kind of started the whole thing, but I got to be on there first. (laughs) Um, And it's it's grown so much that we now get um, people coming in and just asking to find groups now from that I've never met or don't even know who where they came from. Uh, that's right. And normally I have to reference them to our sidebar, just as there's where you can find local games, mm-hmm. and you can start off with Adventure League games. Mm-hmm. That's usually where I recommend new players to go, is to find a store, and that way you don't have to invest heavily with new books, and you can actually have meet a group that has all the resources there for you to try out D&D for the first time. Right. Um, so you don't have to hardcore invest. <laughs> hardcore invest. True. And, and But it is nice that groups like this exist because you know it is intimidating to walk into the store your first time without having some kind of guidance so um but for those who are interested where can they find D atlanta uh simply uh look for D atlanta on facebook it will be a group uh, and we'll have a we're going to have a Twitter soon coming, but until then, we do have a Facebook group, just D&D Atlanta. You can also Google that. It's one of the top searches out of that, but it has to be D ampersand D space Atlanta to get those results. Well, cool. All right. So the reason I wanted to have you on is we were going to talk about uh, what can be a touchy subject at times, and that's table etiquette. Um, so um, table etiquette... Uh, is a can be a vague term but want to talk about what people can expect at the table as well as what's expected of people at the table just for players who may have never played a role-playing game before and may view it as just a board game so i think we could condense that down to say for you chad uh what is table etiquette what is table etiquette? Table etiquette in a short brief to me is just uh, how you're treated and how you want to be treated at the table. Anytime I have a player come to my table as a DM, I'm not just inviting you to be a player at my table. I'm inviting you to be my friend. So in the long haul of that, I treat my players the way I would try to treat my friends, even new players that I know will be there for one time. I love that sentiment. That's so nice. And I would say, you know, you, yeah, for three hours, you are going to be friends or you're not going to have a good time. Uh, agreed. <laughs> uh, most assuredly agreed. You're, you're going to join a game that you believe you're going to have fun in. You want to be with a group that you at least get along with partially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least nobody's being a total jerk. <laughs> right. Well, I, I think, you know, it's... Yeah, as long as you're treating people the way you want to be treated, you'll be all right. Yeah, and I, I guess there is a difference between, like, like your character can be a total jerk, like, mm. like just kind of shanking people in the back, but your player has to be, like, you yourself, the player, has to be nice. Like, I could be a rogue who's going around just shanking people. Nobody has any idea what's going on. But if I'm doing that, like, while I'm running over people and not letting people finish what they're trying to say and then that's what makes me a jerk. Not that my character is acting like a jerk, mm. I think. Does that make sense? I mean, what do you think? I agree with that. Um, I've, I've got one party right now where they've had 
two evil characters in the middle of a bunch of good guys. Oh. And so they are consistently trying to uh, <laughs> kill off the other party members. Oh, man. Uh, but that was all predetermined before the campaign. So everybody came in with the expectation that these guys are going to try to kill us. And we just have to kind of avoid their antics <laughs> and get over them. Nice. So it was... I wouldn't encourage people trying to murder off your, your fellow players in the middle of a group you've never played with before. Yeah, that's probably bad. Without preset expectations of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your character can be a jerk, but you should not be. Exactly. And we'll kind of get into the how to play as a jerk and not be a jerk. <laughs> right. In this segment as well. Why does tabletop etiquette or table etiquette matter to you? It matters to me because I do want everybody to have a good time. The true measure of a good DM is at the end of the session, at the end of the campaign, did everybody have a good time? Did we have fun with it? Mm-hmm. If the answer to that is no, then I didn't have a good time. Something I have a good time if everybody else has a good time. That's how it works for me. Yep. And I say that, and we've had nights where people did not have a good time. We've had some, yeah, we've had some rough ones. We have, and that's expanded across all groups. Everybody has... In long campaigns, people come in with different emotions before the night. Yeah. During the course of a D&D night, somebody may come in having a depressed day. Somebody may come in having an anxious day. And just because we're humans and we're coming to play these characters does not mean that doesn't bleed into those things. Yeah, which can provide some great stuff and it can provide some really terrible, crappy stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. What are some problems that you've noticed players having at the table? I'd kind of like to address that first point you guys brought up previously about going to a a work a game store and being a little intimidated by that fact, I guess is the best way to put it. Because when I was first getting into D&D, I tried out various game stores and tried to figure out how do I go join a table of tier one players that I've never played before and how do I get involved in that? And it was everything from meetup.com and everything else. So as a player... What I really enjoyed when I went to a stores and the stores that I have enjoyed going to are just the groups that are super welcoming of new players and will understand that you don't know all the rules. And part of that etiquette is from a player's side, when a new player joins, being welcoming to them. And from a new player's perspective, being willing to learn and just being open to what's happening at the table. I know my first few times playing, I had very little idea of what was actually going on in the gameplay and very little idea on actually how to play my character. Those are all things that come in time, but I didn't know how to be a nice individual. But I think some of the the issues that come from player etiquette are you have a preconceived idea of what your character is. We'll go back to the jerk character for a second. Uh, The character that's my way or the highway and everybody is beneath me. Uh, That's great for role play, but I've seen a lot of that bleed into how they treat the other players at the table. An example of that is a player's trying to discuss why he wants to do something. And before they can even cut it, get into their full description, they get cut off by the individual. They say, no, that's dumb. And they start explaining their thing before even giving the person to actually speak their mind. Even if they are rejected, people want to be able to broadcast their thoughts. Right. Mm. Get the whole idea out there. Right. Yeah. On the opposite side of the table, because you, you spend a lot more time on the DM side, and you've had a chance to observe other DMs. Mm-hmm. What are some of the problems the DMs have been What do you see with the DMs with table etiquette? Table etiquette? 
Uh, I've seen various ranges of improper table etiquette and proper table etiquette from DMs. I have seen DMs that have turned long-term campaigns into moments of uh, erotic roleplay where a lot of players weren't expecting that. Uh, It's a thing that happens. Uh, I've also seen DMs get frustrated and start yelling at their players when they were doing things that the DM didn't expect or they took their campaigns completely off the rails. Uh, I think there requires a lot of improvisation as a DM's part, and that can be frustrating. But I think one of the things etiquette-wise that we can do is if you're having a frustrating moment and you need to look something up, you can simply tell your players, hey, I need to look this up. Talk amongst yourselves or act as your players would be in this situation. There are a lot of things you can do to kind of negate those frustrating moments. But as a DM, one of the things that we're in charge of is making sure that the players treat each other right. Mm -hmm. So you do have to look for poor player etiquette. And if somebody has an idea and it's continuously getting run over, point out that player and say, hey, I'm going to go with Jocelyn (laughs) as a player character name. Jocelyn, what was your idea that you were talking about? And you just call them out. Let them get a chance to voice out what they wanted to voice out. But I think a lot of it, especially I would say within most of our age demographics, and I'm going from early 20s, late 40s, have a hard tendency to not talk over each other in D&D games. Because we treat it like a standard tabletop game Mm -hmm. where we're all just trying to get to the end of a mission and... Whatever gets to the end of the mission accomplishes the goal. Whereas in a role-play game, it is more about the social interaction as well. Yeah, that was a tough thing for me to grasp. Like, I know for the first several kind of meetings that we had, I was treating it very definitely like an RPG video game. Like, so, you know, you go to the market, you see the guy with the exclamation point over his head. He says, go find me 10 pelts. And you run out into the wilderness, you find 10 pelts, bring it back to the guy. Like, you don't, there's no kind of side options and I was treating it like that it wasn't like I I wasn't acting like I was actually walking down the street and oh look there's a candy store I would like to go in and buy some peppermint which you can totally do in (laughs) D&D but that took a while for it to sink in for me I think it takes a while for everybody and that's part of the thing with new players is and understanding that and as a DM helping coaching them to understand that there's whatever comes into their mind they can try and do it's there's no restriction right did you have a problem with that as a dm when you started out absolutely again most of my uh role play experience before uh tabletop role play was rpg video games Mm -hmm. so you think of these great npcs and they request hey go find 10 pelts right Mm -hmm. and you don't think to flush them out why is this guy looking for 10 pelts well maybe he's trying to build this great quilt for his daughter as a wedding gift or whatever you're just trying to think of backstories and flush out more characters through tabletop rpg and it can be as in-depth as you want it to be or as shallow as you want to be it can be thanks for the tin pelts bye (laughs) so long or thanks for the tin pelts do you know anybody that is a great quilter if so if you run across anybody tell them stronghold from winterheld needs help right (laughs) Yeah, like, um, and you can even kind of make up your own little side quest, which is something that only very recently hit me. So, like, my character in your campaign, Chad, 
has been going around collecting like random stuff. And I know at one point I was like, okay, what else does the trinket guy have? And I feel, I felt bad for you because you were kind of trying to like, well, he's got like four stone trinkets and one's a wolf and one's an eagle. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take him. <laughs> and anyway, the point being like, I had just sort of made up a side quest for myself and you can maintain that kind of a thing, which is part of the fun. Yeah. I guess that didn't really have a point. I, I'm just going <laughs> to end it there. No. Uh, so what kind of things are expected of DMs and players? Like, you know, if you sit down at the table as a DM, like what do you expect out of yourself and what do you expect your players to do? Just kind of like basically. As far as etiquette-wise or Yeah, like, I mean, or? so if you were to walk into a game and uh, you sit down at like, like, like kind of like if, ah, oh, shoot. I've, I've stumbled to, to a halt. Well, you know, like I walk into a situation, I'm meeting some friends at a restaurant. I go and I sit down at the table and I expect them to not yell at me, to not throw food at me, <laughs> stuff like that. So in a similar situation, you walk into a D&D game, you sit down, like I am the DM and these sure. are the basic things that my players can expect from me. And you're the players and these are the basic things I can expect from you. Uh, first so, rule of etiquette as players, the DM loves food. <laughs> <laughs> No, on bribe a serious note, uh, bribe the DM, be your food, all good suggestions. Uh, but seriously speaking, as a DM, I'm looking to uh, facilitate everybody's big moment. Whether it's, if I'm running a one-shot campaign, I want everybody to have a moment to shine in that one night. If it's a longer campaign that expands months, uh, potentially years, with the case of you guys as we're st- standing right, now. Right, we are yeah. into years now, aren't we? We dude? are into years. Uh, I want everybody to have a session or two where they look like the hero and a session or two where they look like the fool. Mm. It is, and that's to be expected. And players coming in from a DM, etiquette-wise, you're expecting the DM to give you those opportunities as well. Uh, especially if you're like going to a shop and you've got four or five guys that are always part of this campaign. It's your first time ever playing. You want the time to shine mm-hmm. for a brief moment and not just the regulars to be doing everything. Right. So you are looking to be treated well and not like, oh, well, you're the new guy, so you don't know what you're doing. So let me roll this for you. For the longest time, I had an issue at a table where a guy was rolling and telling what the other person what their modifiers were, what their stats were, and just basically playing their character for them because they didn't uh, respect that individual enough to know how to do that on their own. And this traversed on for several months before I I had finally just addressed the person, not at the table. I did it respectfully Mm -hmm. outside of the table. Hey, you should let this player X play as player X. And if they don't do something ideal, that's fine. But this isn't your second character. This is their primary character. We can use that as a transition point um, to you do have a problem player at the table, whether on whatever side of the screen you're on. How what's the proper way to deal with it so that to not cause more problems? Um, I've had several issues with players and with DMs in the past. And usually the best scenario is and this is for me personally for each individual this can be different but for me personally i like to address that person away from table first and then if the problem consists i may address that at table and i think i skipped a step in there before i address that at table i will converse with other players to see what their feelings are on it if i feel that it's an issue but none of the other players feel like that's an issue 
we will continue on as normal. I may just be seeing something that's not there, but if other players are saying, yes, this is definitely an issue for me, I'll address it again with the person, and then we'll talk about it at table as far as expectations. Uh, in D&D, we have this thing that's called a session zero, where we talk about how we expect to be treated, how we expect the campaign to go prior to that. And we may have an impromptu session zero midway in a campaign where like, hey guys, these are the things I want to see just kind of at the table moving forward, whether it's more role play for you guys or hey, let's tone down on the harshness or the tabletop or let's put away our phones. It can be just a revamp of the rules where we all sit down and yes, we agree to that or no, we don't agree to that. So if it's one individual that's consistently talking over each other, have that session zero again and be like, hey guys, we want to tone down and give everybody their moment and let it be a known issue that these things have occurred. You don't even have to single that person out individually. They know because you've already spoken with them. This is an issue for them. Cool. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that you maybe don't necessarily have to be like, hey, mm-hmm. Chad. I mean, like at the table, they already know because you already talked to them. About it. Right. And I've never had to fully remove a player from a table. I've had a conversation with a player that needed to be removed because of some of the topics they were trying to bring into game. After having a nice conversation with them away from table, they realized, yeah, you're right. I probably shouldn't be bringing these topics to table. And so after that, they promptly stomped with those topics. Um, And they've gone on to be a great player. Sweet. Mm -hmm. So it it can be remedied. It can be fixed. But it it, it involves treating people like they are people. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Not just kind of pieces in right. the game surrounding you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's understanding who you're talking to and treating them mm-hmm. like you want to be treated. As long as you're respectful, I think most conflicts can be resolved peacefully. Yeah. Um, did, I mean, did you have any first, any particular thoughts about, like, uh, what's expected? Of, what do you expect for a DM and a player? Oh, well, I, I can echo a lot of things. I mean, I... As a DM, because I, 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 I have the unique experience of DMing for a very large group. I have seven players at my regular game. And so um, I'm also blessed that, that they are some of the f- better players I've experienced in the fact that they respect each other and they usually hear what the other guys want to do and they want to run with it and see where, see where that story leads. Um, and so... It's a beautiful thing, but at the same time, I expect them to treat each other respectfully. I expect them to know, hey, it's not always going to be about your character. Um, as a DM, as what I expect for myself for that group is I understand that they can get rowdy, um, and I do have to come in and kind of calm them down or let them all have their moment. Direct traffic sometimes. Yeah, I have to direct traffic. I have to, I'm the traffic controller there sometimes and go, yeah, we're going to get to your section in a minute there, David, because I know you really want to do your thing, but I got to talk. I got to go through this first, and then we'll go there. So, um, and that that's kind of my my deal with that group is I know I have to direct traffic every once in a while. Right. Um, as a player, just kind of from the player's side of mm-hmm. things, like what I expect from a DM and other players, it's like, uh, I mean, it's basically what you guys said, like for the DM to kind of, keep control of the table to treat, make sure everybody kind of has their moment. 
and then from other players to not just completely run over you or um, ignore what you're trying to say or hog the spotlight, I guess. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's more to it than I'm forgetting. But um. Yeah, I think there was one night we had a we had a guy who was frantically trying to run through everything and just cutting everybody off throughout the entire night. And this went on for a couple hours, and he texted me. Mid-game, he's like, can we stop for a second? I'm like, okay, guys, we're going to just take a quick break. Because we'd been flying through this major pivot, this major battle, and we had a role-playing session where he essentially came from the back of the room and just over-talked to everybody. And he was just like, yep, this is what we need. Yep, okay, let's move on. And it was another person's character to talk to, talk to and he's like, I know we haven't talked much. He role-played it well, but he was kind of a jerk, and we were just all kind of looking at him like, he's being a real jerk tonight. What the heck, man? And about midway through the game, he, again, he texted me and said, we need to stop. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, we're going to take a short 10, 15-minute break. He gets up from the table and bolts straight to the bathroom. Oh, no! Oh, I was like, wrong. oh, I get why he needed to run fast through that's everything why he tonight. Was rushing. Oh, okay. He had to run to the restroom. <laughs> so that was a moment of, yes, he was displaying poor table etiquette, but he had a. Uh, it was actually quite humorous because he came back. He's like, uh, sorry, guys. Like, I feel better now. Can we retcon the rest two hours? I'm like, no, we can't. You're you guys are going to have to live out the repercussions of this. No, my God. <laughs> when a very real physical need impacts D&D. That's, yeah. And, and and that's something that, you know, unfortunately, that happens. Mm. It does. Uh, uh, how do you guys uh, remind yourselves to use table etiquette? You're usually reminded when it's a little too late. Yeah. I was going to say. Uh, when bad things have happened already. When you look around and everybody's face at the table is red. And I don't experience as much in game store games because those are, you're going and you're playing one time with a group of people you may mm-hmm. never see again. I see this more in campaigns where the group's been together for several months. Mm-hmm. You've dealt with a lot of in and outs. And you're actually starting to get people know people's lives outside of the game. You're starting to get to know them on a personal level. And that's when I've seen table etiquette drop because you get a sense of comfort with each other. Because mm-hmm. when you're hanging out with your friends, you feel like you can say anything. Yeah. And you can act a certain way and... Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're just not there with those people yet. And so I've had three or four sessions where I look around and everybody's face is red and everybody everybody's not happy. And that can be stemmed from people talking over another individual to just completely ignoring one person. We had a night where uh, one girl was keep voicing what she wanted to do. And none of the other players even heard her say it. And she said it multiple times. I'm like, and I looked over at her a few times, and I there was several moments of just me silence looking at her and waiting for her other party members to respond, and they didn't. I was like, and that was poor on my part because I just let it ride. I was wanted to see how far her teammates would take it. I'm like, oh, well, they will pick up on this at some point throughout the course of the evening. Nope. Should have went ahead and addressed it right then and <laughs> yeah. there because it wasn't being noticed at all. Oh, this man. person was invisible. So, but yeah, we've had instances of people, uh, it's always after the fact you realize, oh, well, etiquette's lost on this evening, whether uh, half your party is sitting there too drunk to play D&D or drive themselves home where you have to start being shuttle services mm-hmm. to people are yelling at each other, people are not wanting to come back to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the etiquette is just sometimes people get bored and 
they're on their phones. One of the biggest pet peeves I have is everybody being on their phones during the game. I feel like that can be disrespectful to a DM. But overall, again, like I said, it was you catch those moments sometimes too late. I think you learn through experience as a DM when to kind of those moments are starting to happen, and you learn through experience with your players, kind of what their pain point is. Like, I know this person here doesn't like to be spoken over. I know this person here doesn't like to be ignored. I know this person here doesn't like me killing their character every week. <laughs> <laughs> Good heavens, please do not. That, that, do would, not. That, that could be a pain point for any player, though. That could be, and yeah. that's more of not a table etiquette. That's more of, uh, that's like I tried to kill the paladin, so... <laughs> DM persecution. You did kill the paladin, though. <laughs> uh, backstory, folks. Chad killed Jeff's paladin. But I, I, yeah, never mind. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I will not speak of this on the air. Yeah. So, um, and just to tack on, I, I would say experience plays a huge role in how I, how I've adjusted my tabletop etiquette um, through either experiences I've had or experiences I've seen, um, and that has molded how I. Uh, act as a player and how I act as a DM. So, um, yeah, I think as a player, it's uh, tabletop etiquette. Kind of the way I remind myself is sometimes, like you said, Chad, it's just a little too late. Like you, you've been, you realize you've been talking for a while, and everybody's starting to check out and look at like baseball stats on their phone or whatever, and that's when you know you need to kind of wrap it up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. That or like I'm just thinking, thinking of it like a normal conversation. I mean, in a normal conversation, maybe you would talk longer than somebody else, but you actually have something to say. And then maybe sometimes you realize you're just kind of flapping your gums and there's no value being added. Yeah, and I'd like to add some, as far as etiquette and you know when you're starting to avoid that, I'd like to just kind of talk about some preset rules real quick. Okay. One of the things that I have as a DM, I've kind of told my players, especially early on, one of the things I can do for etiquette on my side is I know there are time constraints of when we have to finish the game and to honor those. If I say we're done at 9.30 and our hard cutoff is 10, we can't be sitting there at 10.20 trying to start a boss fight. No. That's, a, that's usually a bad thing. Absolutely. Another thing that you can do as players to kind of be etiquette and not cheat in the game is probably hear some dice rolling right now. Don't roll these until somebody says, give me a check. You cannot look at the DM and say, I got a 30 on stealth. Ah! The DM should never have to say, what are you stealthing? It should be, hey, you want to do this. That's great. Give me a stealth check. Yes. Rolling before the DM ask is cheating. Hmm. Oh, I never thought of it as actually cheating, but yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It's one of the few ways you can cheat at a tabletop role-playing game. Mm-hmm. If you've just like, you keep rolling and rolling until you hit like a nat 20 and you're like, I'm going to use that on whatever my mm-hmm. biggest one is. Oh. Hey guys, just a quick reminder that Huzzah is brought to you by D20 Inspirations. This is a company that makes wonderful RPG scented candles, soaps, and other unique accessories for your gaming table as part of the sponsorship they are providing us with some candles to give away and currently we are giving away a uh, shillelagh scented spell candle to enter you must go on itunes and give us a review preferably a five-star one that would uh, increase your chances at the same time you will also need to email us 
at bookshopmedia at gmail.com. That way we, uh, we, we have your info and we can get in touch with you if you are the lucky one to roll the nat 20 that wins the candle. And again, uh, D20 can be found at etsy.com. Just search for D20. Insp- All right, guys, it is time to play some D&D uh, with our special guest, Chad. Uh, so he will be assuming the role of, how are we pronouncing it today, Chad? My name is Anon. Anon, the uh, high elf fighter, and Jocelyn will be continuing as... Oh, what is my name? I'm Alora Starflower. Alora Starflower, our aspiring druid student. When last we met our heroes, they had arrived at the village of Treestow to find it amidst some chaos. Um, Anon had... uh, had a wonderful encounter with some bandits as they were attacking some town guard, and then they were greeted by the town marshal who has enlisted them to go and find a scouting party who has yet to report in. So, what would you like to do? Well, as I recall, we had just talked to the marshal, right? And we were yes, you were, were kind of just walked out of the office. Okay. It is about midday. So, are you, are you going to go find those guys? <laughs> Well, <laughs> how much did the marshals say again that we would be <laughs> reportedly <laughs> earning from this? That's a DM question. He's already paid you. I was going to say, he paid us some he money, paid you... but it was because we helped those guys on the road before. Yeah, he, you you, uh, you now officially kind of work for him now? <laughs> We're on a salary, man. No, and no, she's no. a student, and class won't start for her until this issue is resolved. And you, uh, yeah, this is where you're assigned. So... If we can find these guys, you can start school again very soon, correct? Yes. Let's go now. Ooh, he's going to take me with him. No, no, no. You can stay here. No, I'm coming. Do you have to? Yes. I mean, come on, man. We've been through so much together. I feel like we've got a bond going. Oh, Lord, help us all. All right, kid. Come on. Yes. Okay. And I just, like, trot after him, like... So he, uh, he, you were given uh, directions to the uh, northeast edge of the city where it borders the line, the forest line. And it will, you know, it takes you about 15, 20 minutes. But as you approach, you, you begin to hear some distressing sounds. The sounds of, um, you hear swords shouting and uh, some commotion. Dude, I think there's stuff happening. <laughs> I agree. Have you considered running into that to see what would happen? No, I'm like support, man. Like, because I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm hoping to learn from you. Not what I meant. <laughs> Very well. Let's go investigate what might be occurring. Uh, feel free to just leave your staff here. <laughs> no, I can't. I just got this staff. The marshal just gave me this staff, man. It's so cool. <laughs> Did you see? Like, look at it. It's awesome. I've been like, we've been on the road, right? So I've been like rubbing a little oil into it, making it look all polished and pretty. I'm ready to use it. It has not. It has not seen action yet. All right, kid. Let's get you to class. I would like to move forward to where this noise is coming okay. from. Are you going all the way in, or are you? I'm going to get within thirty feet of where what ruckus might be. Okay. I'd like to have my. I'd like to go kind of stealthily if I can. Sure. At least not bringing attention to myself. Okay. I want to follow after him, but I want to have my crossbow out. Okay, so you guys are stealthily going? 
Mm-hmm. I'm not drawing attention to myself, but I'm not walking up like a coward either. Okay, so you are... I'm just kind of moseying on Okay, okay. I want to make sure. I'm moseying slightly behind. I'm, right. I'm like, I'm trying to imitate him. Like, he's got, like, you know, the... I'm trying to, like... As... From where you are, at the edge of the tree line, you see a couple... What could be bodies of elves, but they seem to be wrapped. Wrapped like up. And you hear trap? noise coming from just inside the... The tree line. Can I tell what they're wrapped in? Uh, you can make a perception roll and try and figure that out. Or a nature roll, actually, would and also work. And there's one druid and two guards missing. Did we know what race they were? You make a safe assumption that they're elves. I have okay. a 14 on my nature check to see what they're wrapped in. Nice. It appears to be a webbing of sorts. Webbing. Whoa. Do I know stuff about that because I'm a druid? Like, is there some sort of check I can do? You, you can make a nature or survival I would say a nature approach, likely. Well, okay. Or an animal handling, too, if you think it's webbing. Oh, yeah. So I guess we're not. We're... Hey, kid, this uh, <laughs> looks to be like webbing here. Dude. Hang on. Let me see if I know anything about webbing. Mm, probably. Mm-hmm. 18 and... Uh, I feel like I ought to have more. Oh, here it is. Yeah, thank you. Uh, 20 modified. Twenty modified. Yeah, so eighteen oh. plus two is twenty. Okay. Because I know stuff. Okay, so this is web that you can uh, determine is from a not your average house spider, but a very large. Dude is a spider, and I mean like a spider, like a big <laughs> one. <laughs> very well. If we find said spider, question for you. Mm-hmm. I know you probably were not raised upon the greatest of succulent food i come from a pretty well household uh-huh. i would like to keep my rations for myself moving forward uh-huh. would you be up for partaking in this as your meal moving forward if we run across that spider ew that's a spider spiders taste terrible but i can find something else i mean there's always stuff in the woods like how do you not know how to find food in the woods uh-uh. <laughs> i snap my fingers and food has always come to me, thank you. Now, uh, whatever. let's go see about our comrades, friends, uh, our money-making opportunities, soon-to-be future servants here. And <laughs> the, soon-to-be future servants, what's wrong with you? Oh my gosh, this is cool. Um, I you're, say under oh, my breath. Very well. I would like to make my way toward the wagon. But I'd like to keep an eye open because oh, I the think wagon? No, there's there's no wagon. There's a wagon. No, there's a wagon. Wherever the ba- the bodies are okay, yeah. right. procured in. All right. But I'd like to keep my eyes about me. Okay. What is your you... passive perception over there? My passive? Yes. Fourteen. Okay. Thirteen. Okay. Cool. So you're making your way over to the bodies. Mm-hmm. Um. You do notice there are a... Uh, and I've got my... I'm taking out... You got your... You, as I pulled this sword out, I was like, God, what a clumsy weapon. <laughs> Why was I not given something better by my father? I mean, you seemed to like it earlier. You did some pretty good damage to those thieves on the road. It's still clumsy as get out. Uh, but I thought you'd had that for, like, years. Yes. <laughs> but... So we'll, just we'll discuss my father issues... With somebody that's not you. <laughs> oh. Oh, to, if I didn't know better, I'd think you didn't like me. I'm starting to feel a little hurt over here. 
And I'm going to, like, poke them with my toe, like the bodies. Okay. Uh, okay. As you approach, you notice that um, you do notice there are some shreds of cloth that you that Anon recognizes as guard um, symbols. Uh, yeah, you also you notice some armor stuff too, right? peeking through the webbing. Um, they seem to be pretty well wrapped and unconscious. Oh, but not dead. Well, you don't know. I, well, I'd like to step I on one stomach. They, oh. <laughs> you, not hard, but I'd like to just kind of put a good little bit of pressure to hear if I get any kind of response out of that. Uh, you you feel air escaping the lungs. Why you go around stomping people, man? Do you have a dagger or anything else? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a, a scimitar. Like I could use that to cut the. You could, yes. Right. So I'll put away the crossbow, I guess. Pull out the scimitar <laughs> as an incidental, and um. I'd like to use it to kind of cut away webbing, like from the face and sort of upper body. Basically, I want to go through the pockets. Okay, you're going through any... the pockets. I want to see if there's any ID on these guys. Um, so they um, there's only the only distinguishing marks you see are the are the guards' clothes. Okay. Um, there's a couple pouches of what could be pocket change. Okay. Kid. Huh. And uh, what are you doing? I'm seeing who these I guys are. I said cut them open, not rob them blind. <laughs> I'm not taking it. Uh-uh. Okay. Dude, I'm trying to see if we know who these guys are. I mean, if we rescue extra incidental people, that's great. But our, like, job here as defined is to find the scouting party, which was, like, two soldiers and a druid. And, I mean, these could be the two soldiers. And they look like they're the two soldiers. But I was trying to see if there was any sort of paperwork saying, ha-ha, yes, indeed, these guys work for the marshal. Very well. Okay. Didn't work out. They got nothing. And I put all, I make sure that he, I like hold up the pouch and I make sure he's making eye contact with me and I put it back in his pocket. Okay. And not in his, not in Ian, wait. In an anon. Not in an anon's pockets, but back in the pockets they belong to. Okay. So you have put the stuff back. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know they're town guard or they at least are wearing town guard clothing. Okay. Anything else? Uh, no, I just want to stand up and look around and see if I see any sort of spidery type gaps in the woods around us. You do see uh, some bushes that have been disturbed leading off into the woods. Okay, can I make a nature check and see what I know about this gap? You can absolutely do a nature check. Uh, 15 and 2, 17. Okay, um, there was definitely some rushed hurrying through these bushes by more than one... Something of large size. More than one. I think they went that way. And I think it is they, not not it. So you'll have food for a long time. <laughs> I just kind of pat her on the shoulder. <sighs> I'm going to start to head that way. Okay. So we're, we're heading that way. I'm going to trot along behind him. I again have my crossbow out. You do hear the commotion coming. It is probably 100 feet in front of you. Um, like more said. screams and whatnot. It's uh, some animal noises as well as some um, sounds of combat shouting of sorts. Okay. I just want to keep heading that way. Okay. All right. Uh, So uh, let's have you both roll perceptions for me. Oh, not good. (laughs) How do we do? Uh... 
It's not even as high as my passive. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, eight. <laughs> I have a happy-go-lucky four. Hey! Okay. Wow. So your passives are better than what you rolled. Okay. Um, so it's going to take you till you're about 25 feet away before you start to see. And you see uh, one, one guard and a druid in thick combat with uh, three what you recognize as giant spiders. Dirk! And one, uh, something that you've only, you, you don't really recognize. It's just, it's there and it's standing on two legs and it's kind of blobbish. Blobbish? So not humanoid? Greenish, blobbish, bluish, blobbish, purplish, pinkish, blobbish. blobbish. It is standing on, like I said, it's standing on two legs, has two long forearms, or long arms. And, uh, yeah, it is is also on the side of the spiders, it looks like. Oh, could I roll some sort of check to see? Well, I mean, I'd like to do a check on the spiders. Oh, yeah. Like, is that like nature or... Nature or animal handling. I'll let you either uh, one go. Well, we'll just say animal handling. Uh, 12 mm-hmm. and 2 is 14. Okay. Um, two of them are just giant spiders. And then the other one is a... Uh, you would recognize it as a as a wolf spider. Oh. Do I know special things about wolf spiders? It's just another type of spider in the forest. Well, I didn't know if it could do some sort of special attack or something. No. Okay. So, like... These two spiders, just really big. That one is a wolf spider, which means nothing in particular, but it's scarier looking. Yep, I can see that too. Okay, what do you think about the blob thing? Do you know anything about blob things? It doesn't look to be uh, helping our friends out over there. Uh, can I see if our friends have weapons? Do they look like they're uh, fighting? The, the, the druid is fighting, and that guard has, has standard guard weapons. He's got his sword, and he's hacking away. Very well. What is their positioning in toward the order of the blob? Uh, the blob is on the behind the spiders. Okay. And then uh, the spiders are surrounding your companions as they are trying to make their way out. I'm not Tre- sure if that blob is commanding the spiders or whatnot, but I'd like to kill that blob. <laughs> Sounds good. And then you could eat him. <laughs> I have much better food prepared for me somewhere else. Thank I don't know. You. You're all enthusiastic about me eating spiders. Well, you could have this blob thing. Seems pretty exotic, and you're all about like exotic stuff that's brought to you. And you're right. I might. Uh, let's find a five-star chef first that can prepare such delicacies. As blob, Kentish right. blob delicacies. You can pay for the event. I can pay for whatever. So, um. I would like to shoot my crossbow. I, I think. Also, so we are going to roll light crossbow. some initiative. Yeah. And you guys will oh, get your surprise. No good. No good, I say. Okay. I have a 12. A 12? What did you get over there? Five. <laughs> I'm just looking at my cantrip real quick. Yep. Me too. We got like wild shape and stuff. Ooh, maybe I could wild shape this time. Oh, I'm still level one, aren't I? You are still level. No, you're no, level I'm three. Still... You're level three. Oh, I'm level three. All right, because we started out. Yes. I... You know what cantrip he took? No. 
<laughs> not on here. Wait, can't trip. Di- oh, you you need to know. I'm sorry. I can look it for up for non. Yes, it's not on the player sheet. Okay, I will happily look that up for you. Um, all right, let's see. Hop over there, and you guys will get your. I will give you guys a surprise round because they do not know you are there yet. Ooh, sweet. Excellent. Okay, he took. That really what he took? He took Toll of the Dead. Is the cantrip? Mm-hmm. Sounds weird. Well, no, yeah, yeah, Toll of the Dead is the cantrip he took. I mean, it sounds odd for a fighter to... Well, I guess not. Yeah. Okay, um... So let's... Where's this spell even from? Uh... Is it the new... Not Morden Canaan. What's the other one? Um... Xanathar's? Xanathar, yeah. No. Is it, no? no. Toll? Toll, T-O-L-L. Toll the dead. Toll the dead. Not toll of the dead. Toll the dead. It's the cantrip. You point. I'll look it up. You point at one. Okay. Um, I think it might be the answer. Anyway. Uh, anyway, I wanted to shoot my crossbow me, at the closest spider. Yes. Let's see. Out of the two of you. Oh, actually, right. Anon, and Anon went. It will go before you. You will both get your surprise rounds, so. though. Right. All right, so I'm going first then. Yes, mm-hmm. you are. Muy bueno. I am going to go ahead and make sure my cantrip's not what I want to do. Because we're trying to familiarize ourselves with our various characters. Yes, I am going to go ahead. I don't remember ahead. what I'm doing either. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and shoot at it with my crossbow. Okay. Does a twenty-one? Let me roll an advantage. Who are you aiming? Ten. Who are you I'm shooting? aiming at the big blob. The big blob. Mm-hmm. Twenty-one connects with the blob. Twenty-one does connect. Muy bueno. Why'd you have advantage? Uh, he's uh, surprised. Yes. Oh, 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 sweet! I get advantage. You do, and that's going to be seven piercing damage. Seven piercing damage. Sweet. All right, Laura, go ahead and make your surprise attack. Ooh. Okay, with my crossbow, so it's 19 plus 1 is 20. A 20 does hit. Cool. And then, hang on. Are you aiming at the same target? Uh, No, I was going to aim at the closest spider. Okay. All right. Yeah, 8 damage. Uh, plus right. 1 is 9. Maximum. Very maximum nice. Maximum effort. <laughs> All right. And that spider is actually going to go next. Uh-oh. <laughs> he is in front of the uh, the guard that he's engaged with. He's going to attack that guard. Check. Um, <laughs> let's see where is that in? No, that will not hit. He misses the guard. All right. Um, so the guard will go next and attack back. The spider. Yes, he is attacking back at the spider, and he does hit. Boom. 
and I think he's actually going to kill it. Sweet. Take that, spider. He does. That is enough to kill I just kind of smirk knowingly. In and on, you are uh, up next. Maybe it's something for you. It's my first fight, and I'm excited. I'm going to go after the blob. Go after the blob. Uh, 18 to hit. I'm still shooting with my crossbow. Yes, that will hit. Very nice. Five points of piercing damage against this thing. Okay. I just kind of smile, and after that, I'm going to uh, latch my crossbow to my side, and I'm going to reach back and pull out my greatsword for the next go-round. Okay. Sweet. Alora, you are up. Okay, I am, again, with my crossbow, uh, I'm going to go after the next spider. Oh, not good. Okay. <laughs> um, five to hit. Mm-hmm. Does that hit? Five to hit the next spider. Yeah. Uh, five will not hit. Darn it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, after any other any other actions, bonus actions? Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Yes, I want to. It's the first time we've gotten to do this. What? What? Because I... I'm pretty sure I'm Circle of the Moon. Mm-hmm. And so I can do combat wild shape. Okay. And so uh, as a bonus action, I can wild shape. Right? Uh, as I mean, no, like no, I, you're, I know you're I a shepherd, that. I thought. Oh, I am a shepherd. You're, you you oh, took shepherd. Oh, right. Well, never mind. I can't do that. Okay. So no, I don't have any bonus actions, but I want to. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so let me go I back. should probably have Xanathar's out. <laughs> Uh, you can go and get it real quick if you want. Or wait, can I see it on D&D Beyond? Although I probably don't want to be toggling back and forth between that. Yeah. I feel like, uh, like Critical Role on D&D Beyond. Like whenever they have some sort of pause, they're like, D&D Beyond, guys. <laughs> okay, so the, uh, the blob is going next. Uh-oh. And he is going after the druid that is down in the fray because you guys are still up on, up a ways. Uh-oh. Yeah, we're about thirty feet away. Yeah. Uh-uh. So he is uh, going to go and attack her. And as you uh, see, he um, he reaches he reaches out and you see what looks to be webbing shoot out from his from his front. Oh, from the Arms. blob? Oh. And he overshoots the uh, the druid by a, by a wide margin. So he will uh, attempt it again with his other hand and miss again. Ha-ha! Take that, blob! So he, uh, he is not very accurate. It's all right. We don't want him to be accurate. The druid will get to go next. The druid, the not me druid? The not you druid. <laughs> I will call you by name, I promise. Okay. <laughs> um, and we're just going to do this. Uh, so, uh, yeah, she is going to cast Thunder Wave. And so all these other guys have to make con saves against her. Ooh, are we within range of the thunder wave? No, you you guys are also behind her, so okay. it would not affect you. It will affect this guy. So 
uh, I'm just kind of watching and yeah, you guys are up on the hill watching this happen. I'm sort of like support. That's a fail. I'm about to get into the fray as soon as my turn comes. Get yes. all in there. That's also a fail, and that's a fail. Oh, they all failed. Oh no, no druid. No, that no, that's a good, that's thing. good thing. You want oh. them to fail. Wait, I thought the druid was attacking the. No, you're druids here. on our turn. You're here team. to save this druid, remember? Yeah, but I thought the druid was failing against the blobby mm. thing. No, the druid cast thunderwave. Yes, you said so it failed. Yeah, they all have to make concepts. Oh, they failed. Sorry. <laughs> yes. So they're all going to take um, five points of thunder damage. So you you see the druid reach out with her hands, and you hear this loud boom come immerse from her, and you see the spiders and the blob are all are pushed back ten feet deeper into the forest. Sweet. As they are all shaken. I smile because I recognize that Blob is now only 20 feet away from me. <laughs> I thought we were behind the druid. Behind the Blob, kind of, because they were circling the yeah. druid. Oh, okay. But you were out of range of this, for sure. Now I'm not. Yeah, he's like, now. All right. It's now the spiders are going to rush the druid. Uh-oh. Because they're both going to go. We're just going to have them go. So they are going to attack the, the druid, or they're going to try. <laughs> they're going to try, but the and druid is awesome. The druid does take, they actually, they both hit. Oh, crap. So, a little premature celebration there. As they're going to do seven damage apiece to the druid. They do 14 total damage to the druid. Ooh. Your druid is not looking good. She, she looks pretty beat up now. So after that, we go back up to guard one. who will try and help his druid. Uh, it's not doing very well. No, he will not. So Anon. 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 I run directly in front of... Like I come rushing down the hill from where I'm at. And I'm going to... Position myself directly between this blob, okay, and the rest of the things it wants to kill. Okay, and I'm going to swing at it very dramatically. Dramatic with my great sword. And that is going to be as I swing with it with all of my might. Swing with a four. Does that hit? Uh, that will not hit. <laughs> Very well. I just take a deep breath of air. And I'm going to pull my uh, action surge. Okay. And as I miss, one of my hands just comes loose from the great sword, and I lift it up toward this creature. Mm-hmm. And then... And I'm going to cast Toll of the Dead. Okay. It needs to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. It okay. It rolled a natural one, so it's got a grand total of two. Sweet. <laughs> it's going to take nine. Uh, is it going to be nine necrotic damage? Okay. 
And uh, you just, as you reach out, it grimaces in horrible pain. And you hear an anguish and anger just erupt from him in this. I just kind of wink at it. (laughs) Okay, Laura, what are you going to do? I am going to do this cool thing. So as a bonus action, and I can take a bonus action at any time, right? Any time during your turn, yes. Okay, well, it's my turn, yeah? Yes. As a bonus action, I would like to summon my spirit totem. I'm going to summon the unicorn spirit. We'll see how to do this because I haven't done this before. (laughs) Okay. So I can call forth nature spirits to influence the world around me as a bonus action. Uh, I can summon them to a point I can see within 60 feet of me, and they create a 30-foot radius around the spirit creates a 30-foot radius around that point. It counts as neither a creature nor an object, though it has the spectral appearance of the creature it represents. Okay. It'll persist for one minute, for one minute, <laughs> for one minute, or until I'm incapacitated. Okay. And I can only use it once before I rest. Okay. Okay. So I'm summoning the unicorn spirit to, like, so is there a spot in the middle that would encompass me and Enon and the druid and the What's guard? the range? 30 feet. 30 feet. Yeah. Because like, it's it, within 60 feet of me, but it if covers If you were centering on him, it would get everybody. Oh, on and on? Yeah, on and so, on. Of course I'm the center of attention. Because <laughs> so where he positioned himself, he is now kind of in the middle of this. He is now kind of in, betw- in between you and them. Okay. So I'm like, oh, oh gosh. <laughs> and, and you know, I'm still kind of untrained, but I sort of know how to do so. So I'm like, ah, unicorn. And I just like stretch out my hands. Boom, unicorn. And so a unicorn is going to appear beside Ian and looking all majestic and tossing its head and whatnot. And so now. <laughs> I just look over this unicorn. Well, that's different. <laughs> that's different. And um, it lends its protection to those nearby. So you and your allies gain advantage on all ability checks made. Uh, to detect creatures, in addition, if you cast a spell using a spell slot that, res- that restores hit points to any creature inside or outside the aura, each creature of your choice uh, regains hit points equal to my druid level. Oh, wow. So I guess it, it doesn't actually give you advantage on stuff you would want to give you advantage on. It's only if you're, um, you and your allies gain advantage on all ability checks made to detect the creatures in the aura. That's but uh, for me, essentially, like if I cast spells that would restore hit points... Each creature, like, you get, like, three bonus hit points back. To, I'm about it. To whatever I do. So I, I did the bonus thing, and now I would like to cast... Wait for it. Hang on. <laughs> wait for it. Wait for it. Wait. I feel like we're about to get some healing up in here. I'd like to cast the Cure Wounds at the first level. On? On druid uh, the Druid, I think, yeah. Okay. And I mean, you don't actually have any damage yet, do you? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a non so. the invincible. <laughs> the almighty. The, almighty. the powerful. Oh my God. The legendary. Dude, make a note. Make a note. <laughs> We're going to start a title chain for Anon. Yes, yes, we have to now. Okay. Um, so I can reach the druid, right? Or not? Like if I run in? Because uh, we're twenty feet away, you said, right? Or well, we're twenty feet from the blob. Yeah, so I don't know about the you druid. couldn't you couldn't touch well, I have, her. I have thirty feet of movement. Oh, you have thirty feet. No, you couldn't get quite yeah. get to her. Okay, well, I can't use that one then. Because um, yeah, do you have healing word? Uh, that's a good question. D and D Beyond, why do you do this to me? Okay, <laughs> uh, okay so prepared spells, I guess. Shall we cure wounds and tangles? What 
Would you I, like? I don't guess I do, but that just seems silly. Where'd all my cantrips go? <laughs> okay, I got the station shillelagh. You, I don't think you have healing word. <laughs> no, I don't think I do. So you would. It's uh, like known spells, but those are different from prepared spells, you right? You could do some kind of combat action if you wanted. Okay, well, how many bonus actions do you get in turn? Just one. one. Dang. All right. Well, I'd like to shoot at whatever's immediately threatening the druid. There's two spiders spell. right next to her. And okay, the closest spider. Or okay. The little, yeah, there's the closest spider. All right. Okay. You guys should see me. I've got like a layer, of, like three layers of books in my lap because I'm like, druids, what? <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Uh, 19 plus one to hit is 20. That will hit. And then damage. Uh, six plus one is seven. Damage. Okay. Is Take uh, that spider. That spider falls to your your crossbow. Ha-ha! I'm still locked in combat with this blob, and I think I kind of speaks softly, but uh, to myself, damn kid's gonna have it go to her head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I like literally do the the football like yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course we don't have football in D and D, but. I throw my arms above my head. Yes. Okay. Crossbow uh, for the win. So, uh, the creature that you just struck is uh, going to lash back out at you. And he is going to uh, swipe at you with his claws. At me? No, at Enon. Enon. Oh, Enon. Enon. He Good rolls nice. a 17 to hit. That hits. And I smile. <laughs> uh, I smile. You smile. Say. I'm going to use a reaction and repost. Repost. Okay. I'm going to swing back at it while it's swinging at me. Okay. Da, da, da. You take, uh, FYI, you're going to take um, four damage. Four damage. Does a 16 hit it? A 16 does hit it. Nice. Woo! Boom. So I'm going to be rolling... Uh, my lovely normal d6s, plus a superiority die. Oh. Okay. A superiority die? I've not heard of this. Uh, Battlemaster, I get superiority die to dish around as so needed. Mm-hmm. Dude. So that superiority, the superior smirk of yours has a basis. It does indeed. Goodness. And damage? The damage is... 18 points of slashing damage. Holy crap. Dude. <laughs> that is great. Uh, okay, so it swipes at you. It just barely nicks your, you know, you it gets your just across your chest. But as it does, it leaves itself super vulnerable, and you are able to come at it with your clumsy greatsword with amazing <laughs> great finesse for such a clumsy weapon. And you cleave it in, in the middle. And it falls at your feet. I just kind of smile. Oh, if I only had a real weapon. <laughs> no, my word. Uh, okay, it is uh, the druid's uh, your uh, the druid's turn. Um, and let's see, it's going to attack at lash out at the spider in front of her with her quarterstaff and uh does connect oh she connects and she is going to do uh 
Yes, uh, nine points of damage to that spider. Sweet. Go, Druid, go. And that's all she can do. So it's going to lash out at her and miss. So it's our guard's turn. See if he can do anything useful. No, he cannot. He is still swinging wildly because he is flustered. You're freaking out. In and on, gets to go. It's my turn? Yes, it is your turn. There's one spider left. And the blob? The blob is dead. Oh. He killed the blob. Hey, I, I didn't realize he that. Murdered, he murdered the blob. Nice. Good job blob murdering. And the spider is really struggling. Hey, kid, let's see what else you can do. <laughs> what? Oh, Laura. <laughs> I like, believe he uh, is passing the turn to you. I'm feeling I am all commanding mentioned. striking her. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Even better. He is, ca- he is using commanding strike. Uh, make your attack and add that to the damage. Sweet. Okay. Uh, so I would like to, because I, I can have a bonus, right? Yes. Even mm-hmm. though okay. This is a reaction for you. Oh, is it a reaction? It's, yeah. It's, it's, this is not your turn. This is just... You get one. Yeah. It's still my turn, but you're going on it. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just fire my crossbow again then. Okay. At the... Uh, Last giant spider. spider. Mm-hmm. The D8s. Oh, we yes. Nice. So, uh, yeah. 18 plus 1 to hit is 19 to hit. Yes. And then uh, my regular... So, like, my regular damage and then the damage you gave me, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So, my regular damage is 2 plus 1 is 3 plus 6 is 9. Okay, how are you doing this one? Yeah. Oh, uh, so I'm gonna like I'm gonna I'm gonna look at look at Ian. He's like, you can you take this one. And so I'm like, oh, what? And a warm feeling floods me as I feel like I'm being mentored. And in the in the glow of the mentorship, <laughs> I take aim at the spider and I shoot with all my might. And it just like it takes flight and phew flies. I don't know. Where should it hit? That's up to you, kid. I don't, I don't know. It, 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 it goes like through an eyeball right into the brain. That spider is dead. And as soon as, as the spider begins to fall, I'm like, what? And I turn to Ian and I'm like, high five, man. No? About 30 feet away, I just look at her and just kind of shake my head. Well, it was still pretty great. That was awesome. I'm all mentored and stuff. I okay. feel good. Perfect. I put my great sword up and just all right. start walking toward the druids. Uh, fight has finished. The druid, she is uh, collecting herself. Um... She looks really bad. Um, <laughs> really bad. Her and the guard are both beaten and bloody. Sad. Pulped. Um, you can see several cuts and, and and lots of blood has been shed. Mm-hmm. Um, they look relieved, but wary. What are you guys doing out here? And more uh, importantly, are you the scouting party for this one? <laughs> Or so that I could exchange this one off to send her to school. Jeez Louise. He doesn't mean it. He just acts all crabby. <laughs> uh, so she introduces herself as Narvi. Uh, she is uh, she is leading this particular scouting party and as they were patrolling the edge of the forest, um, they were ambushed by the spiders. Um, and the uh, Etten Cap, as you learn... Oh, and how do we spell that? E-T-T-E-N-C-A-P. E-T-T-E-N-C-A-P? Yes. Okay, thanks. Carry on. Um, it is a dark creature that usually is not seen this close to town. 
but a lot has gone amiss over the past few days. As you uh, have no doubt become aware. So, what do we know anything about? So, Narvi, do you know anything about what makes an Etten cap? I mean, if it's evil and does something like had does something have to make it nearby or she didn't say evil she said dark dark There's, there is a uh that's how i correlate the two i am i'm a young freshman I don't so understand. just because something is dark does not necessarily make it evil but this is a a dark entity uh uh it's a spider-like creature in the fact that it does things but um they that are usually it's... found deeper in the mystic forest and is Narvi telling me this stuff? Yes. Do you have any idea what would draw it out? I mean, if it's usually found deeper, like why would it be coming close to town? That's the big question we've all been trying to figure out is why all this is happening now. Have you seen the Archdruid? No. We, we, we only came in here to investigate this because they attacked us. Well, did you, you, did you, you see my... Beforehand. Did you see the other two? Uh, yeah, I think they're still alive. Uh, I mean, they were alive when we left them, although this guy stepped on one of them, so one of them might be kind of spooked. I had to make sure he was breathing. By stepping on him. You do what you have to. I wasn't going to touch that nasty webbing with my hands. <laughs> I'd cut most of it off anyway. Seeing as you are, you are, are quite young, we should not linger too long in the forest. It is no longer safe. But did you see? We like took them down. That last spider, it was pretty awesome. Quite easily, actually. You may want to reevaluate your life decisions for your profession. Don't be mean. Like I said, he doesn't mean to be crappy. He it just was impressive, it. but we should move. Okay. Yeah, so the, the, let's get them back. So you get back to the edge where she finds her her members, and she uh, she begins tending to their wounds. The wrapped up spider dudes. Or spider yeah. Guys? As well as her own. Okay. Um, and then. Uh, oh, oh! Can I can I help by use now? I can use cure wounds. You can use cure wounds. I'm gonna do that. Who would Where you like to cast it on? Um, does anybody look like? Well, you have the two that are worse? completely unconscious. Uh huh. And then you have the druid and the guard who are in bad shape. Okay. Um. Well, I'll pick whoever I think looks the worst. Okay. And I will touch them. They will regain hit points equal to 1d8 okay. uh, plus my spellcasting mod. So, Perfect. so oh dear. Well, 3 plus, hang on. Uh, crumbs. Wait a second. 3 plus. I'm not sure how much because I saw my modifier earlier. It's your spellcasting modifier. Yeah, but I don't know where that is anymore. I'm sorry. This is D&D Beyond, and I'm not entirely familiar. Should be down towards where? Oh, plus two. So, five. Okay. All right. So, you're able to help with the with the healing as, as she's working on it. Um, they seem to be, everybody seems to be stable. Um, Sweet. She hands you, she says, are you headed back to the marshal? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we thought we would escort you guys back into town because you've been missing for a while. People are worried. Yeah, uh, she she says, well, here, I will give you this. Could you ha just have them send a, a wagon out so we can get back safely? Okay, what and, is this? Uh, so he hands you a piece of parchment. 
And I'm going to turn to Annie and, and say, like, see, paperwork. I was legitimately looking for paperwork on those guys. <laughs> That's okay. Do we feel comfortable leaving you guys here in the open? It didn't seem like it worked out too well for you last time. <laughs> we believe the immediate threat is, is gone. And unless you guys plan to take forever, we should have help soon. We'll be back soon. <laughs> and as far as that first part... You're welcome. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So I'll be like, thank you for this lovely official documentation. <laughs> we will send your wagon soon. Okay. So the are school you... kids like paperwork. <laughs> are you headed back to the marshal or where are you guys headed? Yeah. I'm headed back to the marshal. Yeah, we're like at a good like I have understanding that <laughs> the sooner I clear this up, the sooner she goes back to school. Okay. I've never been to school actually. Like, it, school has not started yet because, all right, because all this. So as you approach, town looks just as grim as before, um, and the marshal's office is just as packed as it was when you left. A huge crowd outside, and you you have to finagle your way through to get to the door. I pull out my greatsword and hold it up in the air. <laughs> Excuse me, patrons. Out of our way. Greatness and good news approach. Granted, that good news is not for yourself. Jeez. We're down around the end there, man. Uh, okay, so a lot of people are looking at you a little uh, curious, uh, but they, 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 they tend to move away from the weird dude with a weapon shouting at them. I'm going to trot along behind The good news is we saved your scouting party. Uh, okay, uh, most of them have no idea what you're talking about, but sure, they, they let you pass, and you get into the marshal's office, and you see one of the, another little elf at the front. He is, uh, he's trying, trying desperately to handle the, the, the numerous patrons who are coming in and out. And is this the marshal guy? I'm sorry. No, this is not the marshal. This is a different, different dude, different dude, but you hear shouting coming from the private office in the back. Ooh. Um, you hear your marshal friend shouting as well as another strong sounding male elf. Uh huh. Um, and, um, the little elf just looks very sad and very I would like to, to stealth, like, because everybody's looking at Ian, and so I would like to stealth kind of around the counter, like, by the doorway and see if I can hear anything. Okay. Uh, roll some stealth. Ooh. Uh,. Hang on, 17 plus 1 is 18. Okay. It's definitely not so, bad. Yeah, because of his uh, his wonderful distraction, nobody's really paying attention to you, and you're able to slip around and get near the back door, and you can hear kind of what's going on. Okay. Um, you hear the marshal shouting, how did this happen? This is, this is, this is the worst case scenario for us. Uh-huh. Uh, and the, the other unknown elf is screaming, they came out of nowhere. We weren't prepared. With all the other chaos that's going on, we can't have guards everywhere. Okay. And what else? Like, is that all I hear? That, that's pretty much the gents of the conversation. Uh-huh. And the marshal's like, well, we have to, we have to retrieve it. Uh, okay. So I'm going to slip away from the door and back over to Ian and be like, hey, hey, man. So I 
don't know, something like like kind of bad happening. But I bet I bet we could get in on it and like save the day again because this saving the day business is pretty cool. <laughs> I smile, <laughs> tilt my head back. I throw my great sword in its sheath. I walk to that door where they're knocking or yelling. At, no, man, we gotta turn in our paperwork first. I take your paperwork from you. May I have this? <laughs> no, we can like I'm sure we need to give it to. Well, I guess that guy does look pretty hairy. Does yeah, you can have the paper. Let's go talk to the marshal. I open the door to Marshall. Everybody stops and is staring at you. You see uh, the Marshall, who is an older elf, like I said. He's, uh, he's kind of crotchety. Um, but he is, he's standing, and in front of you is a very large, very broad elf in royal guards gear. So this is a, um, this is a very high-end... you. Enanin recognizes some of the uh, knows this. This is a a very high up commanding officer of the royal army. Would I know that I would outrank him if I returned to my father's household as his leader? <laughs> <laughs> Your father would probably report to him. Oh, very well. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you like this guy is is probably a personal guard of the king. Wow. Would I know that? Do I know that? You would. What know. is? Okay. <laughs> Eden very would well know then. because of his military structure, he would very know well. that this is somebody that's this attached still to plays the well. <laughs> <laughs> I walk in. I, I walk in proudly. Okay, Marshall, good friend. <laughs> I'm not sure what issue you have, but I understand something has gone missing. Here's the paperwork from our last endeavor. Now, <laughs> let me show you what a future lordless land can really do. What is your issue, and how can I resolve it? And I'm just standing in the door like, <gasps> okay. Uh, so the uh, the man, the uh, elf in full guard, he looks over towards uh, the marshal and says, who is this that has such insolence to barge in on a private conversation? The marshal says, that is a prospective student, and this is the newest recruit to uh, the local town garrison. Uh, so, um, but he is like really good. I mean, he slayed a blob thing. They uh, did. Were you able to find the scouting party? We did, and they're all alive. But they need a wagon because they're also pretty uh, banged up. Okay. Well, Mostly pulped, to be honest. Shouts at the assistant. Send a wagon to sector four. <laughs> and so. Assistant scrambles to get past the crowd, and and so he looks at you and goes, "You really think you can help us with this?" Oh, I'd be more than willing to help. Not only do I think that I can help, you can sit back, throw your feet on the table, and rest assured that Anon's got this. Just send me a little bit of of mead. <laughs> oh man, we forgot to harvest your blob steaks. And the marshal looks at him and says, "You know, we are uh, we are shorthanded, and we could use the help. Mm. He says, they might prove useful scouts. We'll have them check it out." He says, "Close the door, and I'll tell you what's going on." Ooh, like I'm I reach I shut back the door. <laughs> with one hand. I just kind of push the door shut and look him in the face. Let me know. Everything. Okay. And Alora's just like eyeballs back and forth like, ooh, 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 like watching a tennis so, match. <laughs> this is, uh, he introduces himself as Alinor. He is the captain of the Royal Guard. 
And um, amidst all the chaos, the crown for the new king has gone missing. They believe the bandits were able to snag it. It doesn't sound good. No, because it's needed for the coronation. Right. Uh, Alora's nodding sagely. <laughs> like, you, oh, yeah. like you know what's going on, right? Uh-huh. Uh, we believe we know where the camp is, but we don't know what security the bandits are running or who they're working for. Dude, we already took out some bandits on the road today. We got this handled. That's fine. <laughs> By the time we're done with it, they will not have any securities. I will be able to send one of my men with you. I just met you. I don't know you. Very well. It's always nice to have somebody document my tales. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. Very good. Uh, so, he says, in the, you will meet him in the tavern. Mm-hmm. Take the time to rest, recover, or buy any equipment you may need. Mm-hmm. Such as ale. Such as ale, if that's what you need. Just make sure you're in your, uh, in your right mind when the time comes. Oh. There's no wrong mind to kill okay. bandits. Oi. I'm sorry. Alora's starting to think that this guy's a little darker than she thought originally. So as a student, your uh, your room has been provided for you. And on, we will find you a room. Sweet. It doesn't matter if I'm on the rooftop even. <laughs> if that's what you want. But I thought you were all like, you know, oh, I have stuff for people to get stuff for me. and. Yeah. Uh, all right. Captain, I have never said anything along those lines. <laughs> Very well. Go to the tavern. My man will meet you when it's time. Okay. And that is going to be the session. Da, da, da. We will go after the bandits next time. Banditos. <laughs> Huzzah. Excellent. All right. So that is going to wrap up this episode of Huzzah. We want to remind you to go visit our friends at Bookshop Media. Go over to patreon.com slash bookshopmedia. Visit them on Facebook and Twitter at Bookshop Media as well. Also, make sure you check out D&D Atlanta on Facebook. If you're looking for D&D resources, places to go play D&D in the Atlanta area, it's a great resource. And there's a ton of fun people who just have wonderful conversations on there. Like Chad. Like Chad and all of our other DMs who post all their recaps of their stories <laughs> Those can get pretty freaking hilarious. Yes. Anything else you guys want to add? Uh, make sure you check out D20 Inspirations over on Etsy. Good call. And I believe that's it. All right, guys. We will see you next time. Huzzah! Huzzah!